0: Is The Talking Dead a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show The Walking Dead? Hey, everybody, my name is Chris, and my name is Jason, and this is The Talking Dead number 77 for Tuesday. April 24th, 2012. It's exciting to be back. We've been gone for a little while. 77, that's lucky twice. What? Number 77? Seven, seven. Oh. It's twice as lucky as seven. <laughs> I guess seven is a lucky number, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. Do you have, do you believe in lucky numbers?
1: Um, not particularly lucky numbers. Okay. I have, a, I have favorite numbers. Which are? Well, I have one favorite number. It's rather long. <laughs> How long? How long will it take you to say it? Well, one five seven one zero five nine four zero eight point seven nine one.
0: That's a good favorite number. Why is it significant? I,
1: I'm not entirely sure. I, uh, I that number. I decided I needed a really obscure favorite number in grade nine, so that's the number I came up with.
0: Point. What was the uh, decimal place? Then? 0.791. one. Seven nine one. Well, that's yeah. that's very specific. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't have a favorite number, but if I did, it would be seventy-seven because that's the number of this episode. And uh,
1: then next week will be, or next time will be a different favorite number, possibly 78.
0: We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not really sure. It's, you know, I realized though, it's surprising how much I miss recording this when we take a little bit of time off. We, after season two finished up there, we, we just kept plowing ahead. We were still busy with recording. We, you know, did the season wrap up with the Walking Dead cast and we interviewed Emily Kinney and, and uh, I felt like we were just pushing ahead. And then we took a couple of weeks off and here we are again. And I was like, oh, dying to record it's very 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 nice so it's good to be back thank you for tuning in with us again everybody thanks for listening um speaking of emily kinney just in case you didn't listen to our last show i highly recommend you go back and check that out because we talked to her for about a half an hour and she was lovely she was a pleasure to have on and
1: the lovely and delightful
0: delightful exactly she she had lots of interesting things to say and uh, i really really recommend you go give it a listen. It was really fun to do that, and it uh, makes me want to interview more of the people involved with this show. Mm -hmm. All right, we have a huge show coming up. There's lots of news, but before that, I have to say happy World Day for Laboratory Animals. Oh. (laughs) April 24th marks World Day for Laboratory Animals a day to remember the millions who have been killed and to redouble efforts to hasten the end of all animal experiments.
1: Well, yeah, they don't get to see much of the world, I don't think. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the uh, laboratory animals. That's right. No, they get to see the inside of a cage or an aquarium or something like that. Yeah. It's rather unfortunate. That's a shame. Today also marks the 22nd anniversary of the launch of the Hubble Space Telescope.
1: Ooh, 22 years already.
0: 22 years, 1990, April 24th. And it al- already has glasses. <laughs> yeah, they've already had to... Did it Did it work when it first went up? No. Yeah, it, they got it up there. It, it was, didn't work. Everything was blurry. <laughs> Was that? Did they miscalculate the lens or something like that?
1: They, uh, from what I know, they uh, ground the lens or the mirror or whatever it was, uh, and they didn't account for zero gravity. So when it got up into zero gravity, the uh, the bend was different than it was in Earth's gravity. So it was incorrect.
0: <laughs> wow, you'd think that would be like the first thing they think of.
1: Well, you know, gravity's pretty ingrained, and uh, as a uh, an evolved species, I think we just kind of make certain assumptions when it comes to gravity. We uh-huh. just kind of assume it's there.
0: <laughs> well, you, you, I've never not experienced it, so... Me neither. It's always around. Well, anyways, 22 years since the Hubble Space Telescope went up, and now that it's working, it is sending back all kinds of amazing pictures of the cosmos. Yes, it is. Uh, no laboratory animals, though.
1: No, very, very few up in the Hubble Space <laughs> Telescope.
0: <laughs> all right, cool. That's uh, that's our observance for today, and uh, everyone go out and make a donation to your local laboratory animals foundation mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that.
1: Or donation to the Hubble Space Telescope? Can you do that?
0: I don't think so. NASA has enough money.
1: That's true. Well, Probably. maybe maybe <laughs> I don't know. They just fired like ten thousand people or something. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, that's not enough. They're never going back to the moon. No, it's all private now. They're going to, they're starting to mine asteroids or they're thinking about it anyway. Mine asteroids for for gold? For for gold or for platinum or for whatever. James Cameron and the founder of Google, I just was listening to this on the news. They're, uh, they started a a company that's going to explore and start mining asteroids.
0: I guess if anyone's going to do it,
1: why not James Cameron? Well, he's got enough money, right? He went to the bottom,
0: he went to the bottom of the ocean. Yep. And he's going to go to the top of the asteroids.
1: Well, they're sending robots. They're not actually going to be up there, you know, miners and, Helmets with lights on them. I bet you James Cameron will go. I don't know. That's a really expensive proposition. If you don't have to actually support a human being in space, it's a lot cheaper.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Robots don't complain and, or require oxygen.
1: Well, yeah, and if you think about it, the bottom of the ocean, all you have to do is throw a rock in, and it's going to the bottom, uh-huh. you don't have to support life because it doesn't need to you know, breathe or anything. But if you throw a hum- human being in uh, and they go to the bottom of the ocean, that's bad.
0: They're not going to get very deep before they're... Uh No longer with us. That's right. All right, let's get into the Walking Dead news for this week. There is a ton, and it's all about all kinds of different things, including season three. The first item is the Walking Dead cast and crew did a panel recently at the TV Academy in North Hollywood. Oh, yeah? I know someone who was at this panel, but I was not able to get them on the show. Oh. But here's what we do know about it. Oh? (laughs) <laughs> on hand were Robert Kirkman, Glenn Mazzara, Greg Nicotero, and most of the principal cast, whom I right. won't mention because everyone knows Those who guys. they are. yeah. It, it was an hour long, maybe an hour and a half long. You know, they talked about sort of the same old stuff that we, we've heard a million times. I think the most interesting thing that came out of this panel, though, was a quote about Dale's death and how the uh, TV show relates to the comic. Robert Kirkman said, there will be cases where something memorable like that will be displayed, displaced, and given to somebody else. I'll hint that that actually happens in our first episode back in season three. Something memorable that happened to a character in the comic is happening in the show in our first episode back, and it's not the same character.
1: <sighs> so he's taking... What could that be? Yeah,
0: I don't know. He's taking his... What he wrote in the comic and giving it to somebody else in the TV show. It's something I hadn't really considered before, you know? I figured we'd either get stuff from the comic or we'd get new stuff for the TV show. We right. weren't going to get it mixed up like
1: that. All confused up and jumbled.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what they're doing, and I'm okay with it. I just hadn't really thought about it before. Hmm. Got any well,
1: Got any ideas? Well, I got a bunch of ideas, but uh, nothing really is coalesced into an actual sentence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while you're trying to form a sentence, here's a few other things we learned from the panel. First of, all, first of all, they had planned to kill off Herschel, but decided not to because it, quote, felt too violent and too gratuitous.
1: As opposed to killing off everybody else.
0: They, yeah, but they decided to keep Herschel. Uh, they created custom-flavored zombie teeth for Madison Lintz to wear during her zombie scene. Okay. So she didn't have to—I don't know, maybe the zombie teeth don't taste very good or whatever. They gave her berry-flavored teeth, which is nice of them, I thought.
1: That is nice. You know? Weird.
0: Uh, a little, but they have to paint their mouths black, which probably isn't that nice either.
1: You know? Yeah. They can make anything flavored nice though.
0: They can, especially banana flavor. It's the easiest banana, one to synthesize. Banana out here.
1: flavored grossness on your teeth.
0: <laughs> Kirkman says he is testing AMC to see how far he can push the zombie gore. He wants to find out where the limit is. Nice. So do I. Yeah, we really <laughs> don't know. So far they haven't declined anything, apparently. Nice. And according to Mazzara, the season three premiere will be, quote, pretty dynamic and action-packed with tons of zombies, but also a lot of quieter moments and a lot of heart. Well, good. Well, that's
1: kind of the definition of dynamic.
0: It is. And it's kind of the definition of the way this show goes, yeah. too. So, we so get...
1: <laughs> you know, a big high range and a low, low range. Mm-hmm. Everything's nice and quiet and then action happens and then it's nice and quiet again, you know. And then more action. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's it. That's, that's sort of what came out of the panel, at least the interesting points that I wanted to pull out. Any thoughts on uh, taking something from the comic and giving it to a different character in the TV show?
1: Well, they've already cut off somebody's hand, right? So they've done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking of cannibalism. That probably doesn't happen in one episode. Right. Uh, especially now. Um, what else could happen? Uh, they could give... Uh, uh, maybe, maybe Carl will give somebody else the hat for a while. Because, <laughs> you know, in the maybe. comic, Carl gets to wear the hat for a long time. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe uh, maybe Andrea gets to wear the hat for a season.
0: It's possible, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be the hat. I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and look at what was happening in the comic kind of back in that zone, in that range, just pre-prison, pre, pre um, uh, prison, right. or maybe at the prison, and try to come up with some stuff. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. We'll find out what he's talking about in season three, mm-hmm. and it could be a tiny little throwaway one-liner type thing that we might not have even realized had we not uh, had this quote.
1: Yeah, you know, maybe it was, uh, we're, we're spoiling the comic, right? I can just sort of quote things.
0: Yeah, and there's going to be some spoilers later on for the comic, too, as we get deeper into the news, so why don't you start now?
1: Well, somebody else could say, we are the Walking Dead, right? Because they haven't said that yet, have they? Jeez, that's pretty good, man. I like that you know it's a, it's a little thing they give the line to uh Hershel why not yeah why not instead of uh, instead of Rick i like that i i think that's a good theory actually did i did i win yeah you I, win you win, win a prize i win the pilot episode or not the pilot but the premiere episode prize that's right
0: i like it that's cool i think that could be it you know i could see them coming back they're still stru- they're stuck in the forest there still wondering what to do and uh, they're starting to run out of I don't know, food, if they even have any food, run out of hope and somebody Mm -hmm. steps up and delivers that little speech and it's not Rick. Yep. Who knows? We will find out. Season three, of course, is coming up and there are a lot of filming details have started to emerge. So I got a bunch of information here. A lot of it comes from... Um, on location vacations. Now, location manager Mike Riley stated that the majority of filming will take place at Raleigh Studios in Senoia, Georgia, mm-hmm. and it will act as the inside of a heavily fortified town. Okay. They also report that the show's crew will construct a temporary movable wall meant to look like a gate stacked with items such as old tires and doors that can be used along the area of Main Street and Travis Street, and that's in Sonoya. The main set in Sonoya will be located on Main Street from CV Street to Travis Street. So if you're in that area, or you live in Sonoya, Georgia, that is where they're going to be filming primarily, and you can probably go and take a peek.
1: Right. If you live in that area, (laughs) set up a webcam and start a live cast on the internet. (laughs) There you go. I'll tune in. That'd be great. Uh, Further to that, portions of the
0: series will be filmed on Turkey Creek Road near the fire department. That's funny. Turkey Creek Road. <laughs>
1: Near the fire department. That whole thing is funny. <laughs> well,
0: you know, holding up in a fire station wouldn't be a terrible idea for a little while.
1: No, it's got a big pole. And weapons. And, and uh, firemen yeah. suits and helmets. I've been, you know, I almost asked, uh, you know, the the tool that firemen carry, firemen carry? And a lot of hoses. A lot of hoses. It's got, it's like a, um, a, a long crowbar, but it's got this thing that comes out 90 degrees to everything else. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't Pick. know pickaxe it's sort of like a pickaxe but it's this weird kind of tool that they carry around and uh i was i saw a fireman carrying it a couple weeks ago and i almost asked him what it was called but i think that would make a great you know zombie survival weapon well if
0: only there was a way for us to look it up somehow well that's what i
1: was thinking i was walking by i should ask that guy what that thing's called and i'll just look it up on the internet yeah we have the internet for that because i was scared to talk to a fireman
0: they're intimidating. You know... Uh, he had this big weapon. I'll give you a, a quick side note here. I did my taxes recently because tax deadline is next week or maybe this week. And um, there's a new question on the tax form. Oh, yeah? Are you a volunteer fireman? Oh, Apparently, cool. you get some tax benefit, I assume, from for being a volunteer fireman. Nice. So if you ever want to do that, you'll find out what the weapon is called and then get a tax break.
1: Did you know that 70% of firemen in North America are fall- volunteer firemen? That is a lot. It is. It's huge. <laughs> that is huge. Jeez. But mostly uh, rural firemen, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, downtown Toronto, you're not going to be a volunteer fireman. Are you allowed to be? Can you be? Well, I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. Out. Can I hang out with you guys and uh, <laughs> come to the fires? They'll probably let you do their paperwork. You got a suit for me? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, so Turkey Creek Road near the fire department, <laughs> also at Sportsman's Deer Cooler in Har- Harrelson, Perfect. I, don't, I don't even know what that means. These
1: are all made up, aren't they?
0: And at a house in Turin where the production is requesting to close Reese Road between McIntosh Trail and Odom Road.
1: Oh, yeah. Deer cooler? Is that what you said?
0: <laughs> a sportsman's deer cooler. That that might be a bar. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, I don't know. Or
0: or unless a deer cooler is something down there that we don't have here and we don't know what it
1: is. Is it a cooler for deer or a cooler made out of deer?
0: Uh, maybe it's a typo and it's supposed to be sportsman's
1: beer cooler. <laughs>
0: Because I know what that is. <laughs>
1: That's the most likely thing in my mind.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Directly copied and pasted, man. We'll, we'll Deer, have to cooler. Have to <laughs> Deer cooler. We'll have to get
1: someone
2: to tell us. Deer cooler.
0: So, Riley, Mike uh, Riley, the location manager, um, continued by saying, the storyline runs from a rural area to an urban area and back to a rural area. Uh, adding um, uh, adding the benefit of having Rally Studios in Sonoya. So, they film some of it in the studio and some of it on location. Right. Um, and he said, we were here last year and much of the show was shot in this area. So I went and looked up the town again and there's no street view there, unfortunately. So not, at least not right in the town, but main street where they're going to be filming has, it looks like a divided road with kind of a grassy median down the middle and angled parking along each curb. It, from the satellite view, it looks like it might be a sort of picturesque, uh, little town. Nice. Picturesque. It's difficult to get that word out. Um, and it looks sort of nice, but as I said, Sonoya isn't really a stranger to the show. The sub development that Andrea and Shane visited in season two is right outside that town, right? So it's right there too, and um, so they're pretty familiar with this with this area. It's not too much new. But as I said earlier, if you're in the in the in the part of uh, Georgia, you can go and check it out and right. see what they're doing. Well, that would be nice. Um, so this news, I think essentially confirms that Season 3 will be set in Woodbury, since they were talking about a town, um, which makes me question whether they will be going to the prison or not. If they're going to be in this town most of the time, they're not really living in a prison necessarily, it sounds like.
1: Well, unless the prison's in the town, or the town is in the prison.
0: (laughs) Or they've combined the two somehow. That's what I was thinking. Like, maybe the town is—maybe it's like the prison, but it's kind of built up and there's more people there.
1: Like Alcatraz, where they had living quarters for the uh, the guards' families? Well, they'd have to, because it's, it's surrounded by water. <laughs> well, I know, but maybe this, this prison is, you know, there's a town attached to it, or hidden behind it, because we saw the prison, but we didn't see the town, so the town would have to be hidden behind it.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. It's, it's curious that they would, you know, show the prison in the final shot of season two, and so far, all the news coming out is about Woodbury and how people are going to be living in this fortified town, which yeah. doesn't sound like a prison to me, you know?
1: It's a little strange.
0: It is a little weird. I don't know. One more thing that Mike Riley said is that inside the wall is a safe zone and a benevolent benevolent dictator runs the town. Oh, that's nice. Uh, you know, it's also interesting because... I wouldn't classify the governor as a benevolent dictator. Dictator, sure, but benevolent means with the best interest of everybody uh, in mind. Is how he's he. Yes, he's a dictator and he's the sole authority, but he tries to govern with the group's interest in mind rather than his own quest for power. Right. So. That doesn't sound like the governor to me. He sounds more of a ruthless dictator.
1: Well, maybe they're, you know, they're just blowing smoke up our uh, rear ends. <laughs> you or can, you could say a hole. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the governor is benevolent, and we've just been looking at him the wrong way. So you
0: think he's actually an okay guy, or can you be a benevolent dictator and still a horrible monster? I don't know. It's 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 hard to say.
1: Well, I mean, you, you know, even Spock was all for the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or even the one. Mm-hmm. So maybe he is having, uh, you know, zombie combat games to help the town. Morale. Keep morale. morale. You got to, yeah, you got to have, you got to have some kind of uh, festivity. Festivities. But, <laughs> you know, you have a pig roast and a zombie fight.
0: Hey, that sounds good to me. Good. <laughs> not a zombie roast and a pig fight. That's not as good.
1: No. Well, <laughs> no. I wouldn't think Overall, so.
0: Overall, No. So we'll see. I mean, you could be right. Maybe Mike Riley has no idea what he's talking about because he's only the location manager. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't know what benevolent means. <laughs> or it could be that too. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthless bastard is what he what he meant to say. Ruthless bastard of a dictator runs the town.
1: Maybe he looked at, uh, you know, he looked up benevolent and I, I have no idea. Maybe he looked up something and uh, was looking at antonyms in the thesaurus instead of synonyms.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he, who knows? He may have just made a mistake. <laughs> Uh, Finally, the first episode is scheduled to start shooting May 31st and will continue Monday to Friday for eight days. That's the first episode. Eight days a week. Eight days a week. That's right. Uh, And that, I think, is all we know about season three filming details to this
1: point. See, brutal is an antonym of benevolent. Brutal? Brutish, callous, cold-blooded, cruel. Maybe he was looking up uh, brutal and it's like, oh, benevolent.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's true. I mean, there are gaps in everyone's knowledge. Maybe that is one of his.
1: I didn't know what tarpaulin was. <sighs> yeah, a tarp. <laughs> yeah, well, I know what a tarp was, but I didn't know it was short for tarpaulin. Uh, well, it is. Thirty-eight years old, and that's what I. That's one thing I found out. Tarpaulin um, is is the material it's made of, right? Yeah. Well, you see, there's gaps in everybody's knowledge. I just didn't know that. It never came up in my daily life in thirty-eight years of life. <laughs> okay. Doesn't make me dumb. No, not just even a little bit ignorant.
0: <laughs> slightly ignorant. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Mike Riley, he may be slightly ignorant. Maybe he's benevolent. Yeah, and who knows? Or maybe he's a heartless bastard. Could be. Okay, Robert Kirkman talks about season 3 with TV Guide and he had a couple of interesting things to say here on uh, when asked about the speed that people change into a zombie, which is something we've talked about here and right. some of our listeners have talked uh sent in messages about. Yep, yep. Robert Kirkman said, it's not exactly scientific, and it varies. <clears throat> it varies on the age and health of the person when they're dead, and it also varies on the suddenness with which they die. I think that Shane was stabbed in the heart, so I imagine he would bleed out very quickly. That's a fairly sudden death, which would bring about the change somewhat more quickly than if someone were just to die a less violent death. Right. Amy is also a very good example of that. Her whole neck was ripped out. We are not exactly pinning down how long Rick was sitting in that field. So at first, his comments here sound a little counterintuitive because Shane had a very violent death and it seemed like he reanimated very quickly. Right. Amy had a pretty violent mm-hmm. death, as he said. Her uh, neck was ripped out. Yep. But she seemed to animate slowly over like 12 hours. <clears throat> um, but then he clarifies it with, we don't know how long Rick was sitting in that field. So he wasn't sitting there long enough for it to become daylight again. Right. But in theory, he could have been sitting there for 12 hours. Well,
1: time is pretty messed up. We know that, right? Yes. Because, you know, driving all night, really, uh, you know, the town must be really far away. Right. Because they drove back with, uh, what's his eyebrows? Randall. Randall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that took all night. They took the long route. Yeah. Or something. So maybe, uh, you know, maybe everybody was in that field for three, four days.
0: Yeah, well, the way the time on this show goes, it could have been. Maybe they camped
1: out, and you know, maybe had a pig roast. It took <laughs> it took Carl a long time to get there. Yeah. So what is that? You know, just very slow mo. Maybe they're in a some kind of weird time bubble, <laughs> time bubble with strange,
0: I don't know, gravity. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh. Anyways, I don't think we need to expend too much thought, you know, on it anymore. It's just. It takes as long as it takes for people to turn into zombies. Yeah. I think that's kind of what he's saying.
1: Maybe he's confused.
0: It could be. On The Governor, he said, the governor in the show is definitely going to be the governor in the comic. While I think that people are going to like the character, I don't think it will be because he is doing likable things. I think he's saying that we're going to like him because he's an ass. He goes on, I don't think it will be because he appears heroic. <laughs> I think that he's definitely going to be a character that people love to hate and are absolutely entertained by, but also somewhat terrified of. We are not going to be watering him down.
1: He'll be benevolent then. You think so? Yeah.
0: Acting in Maybe for the it's good not of the group.
1: dictator. The benevolent dictator that, or maybe it's not the governor that they're referring to. Maybe it's a different dictator, an anti-governor.
0: Who knows? Uh I guess. I mean, they cast the governor in this show, and he's in the first season, first episode, according to our sources.
1: Maybe the governor's not the dictator at the time they meet him. Maybe not. Maybe the, uh, the benevolent dictator gets overthrown by the governor uh, at some point during the first season. And he—during the
0: third season. Third season. And he becomes the governor. So maybe he's not in charge when we first meet him. Right. That's an interesting theory, and I can get on board with it. All right. That's what uh, Robert Kirkman had to say to TV Guide. I'll post a link to the rest of that interview if you are interested in checking it out. Next item in the news, Lauren Cohen gets promoted to series regular. She was only a guest star before. Oh. And now she's a series regular. Uh, this means that Herschel is not yet a series regular. Mm-hmm. And uh, Beth is not a series regular. And is there anyone else? Everyone else is a regular, I think.
1: Uh, Michonne?
0: We don't know. She hasn't even been on the show yet, so we'll see. And everyone else, they are regulars or dead. So Lauren Cohen, it sounds like we'll be sticking around for a little while. Good. Although, you know what? This could mean nothing. It could mean that she's a series regular for two episodes and then she's <laughs> chopped in half. I right. I really don't know. But I, you know, if I had to have an opinion, I would hope that they don't kill her off right away or take all this time to develop her and then just kill her off. Like, I I don't know. I like the character. I like the actress. I don't want to see her go away too soon.
1: What if they kill her off and then keep her around for the rest of the season? <laughs> Chained to Michonne? Yeah, or something.
0: Why not? I'm okay with that. Her her dialogue won't be as good, but that's okay. That's that's true. So, do you remember um, a number of podcasts ago when we were speculating on who would play the governor and the name John Hawks came up? He is the guy from Take Shelter and I mm-hmm. think some other TV shows. Apparently, he was in fact offered the role before they cast
1: David Morrissey. So was it like sort of a give him the role and then take it back quickly?
0: No, he, did. he turned it down. And here is his reason for turning it down. I have two quotes from him. He said, They offered me the role, and I just felt there would be someone else who could do it better. I was flattered, and I took a look at the series. He said... It held interest for me, but I just didn't feel like I was the guy for it. And then he said this, which is uh, discussion-worthy, I think. He says, I have to be careful of what TV shows I choose, particularly ones that have commercials in them, because it's going to be a different kind of television show. There are going to be sponsors. No matter how good the show is, if there are commercials, it's going to be a different show to me. That's just my personal feeling. So he... He's not on board with advertising, or he sounds kind of snooty, like, I won't do anything if it's brought to you by Hyundai.
1: Maybe he doesn't want it to be... uh, Well, there's always going to be product placement, right? Regardless of whether there's commercials. Like, every show has product placement. And even in movies, too, right? Yeah, movies, video games, hugely in video games. But, uh, you know, maybe... I don't th- so I don't think he's against product placement. Maybe he's worried about uh, you know the advertisers uh, sticking their thumbs in the pie and saying no, you can't do that. No, you have to do this. No, he has to eat beans. No, he can't eat beans because he's got to have uh, you know he's got to use Heinz. Ketchup and it's you know changing the character you know not that Heinz ketchup changes any character but maybe uh, he's worried about the sponsors trying to change the character because they have the uh, the force of sponsorship dollars.
0: But couldn't that happen in anything? I mean, movies have pro- product placement and and uh, I guess they don't have sponsors in the same sort of way. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if it's product placement that he's worried about, you know, in a movie he's holding a, a Coke and. You know, uh-oh, that might change his character. I, I don't know. It seems strange to me. It feels like a bit of a, a bit of a, I just don't want to do a TV show.
1: Uh, maybe he's just full of shit. Well, Maybe he was offered the role and he went, what are you, crazy? <laughs> zombie show? And Come then, on. And then, I'm above this. And then came up with a reason. <laughs> he's got the commercials. A reason that make him makes him sound like a douche, though. Well, maybe the uh, the reason that he actually turned it down made him sound like more of a douche, and somebody recommended, why don't you just go with sponsorship?
0: Like he's just afraid of zombies or something like that.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe he doesn't like, uh, you know, prosthetics. Who, I, well, so I, know. I, I will not do zombie shows or Star Trek. I just won't <laughs> do it. They got those fake ears. I freaking hate those things. They freak me out, man. Yeah, I'm not doing Star Wars. <laughs> not right. doing anything. Yeah. Well...
0: I don't know. I thought it was a bit of a weird answer whether it's true or not. Like you do a TV show, TV shows have commercials. It's just the way it is. And uh I don't think it adversely affects the quality of the show to a degree that you would not do it. Okay. You know? but
1: has he ever done a TV show with a commercial? Let's see. we got Eastbound and Down. That's uh, HBO, right? Um yeah. What else we got here? Lost. He was in Lost that had commercials. How many episodes of Lost was he in? Well, I got uh, two, three episodes. Geez, I don't remember him on Lost. Right at the end, L.A.X., uh, what Kate does, and Sundown. I think that was the last season. Okay. Uh, what do we got here? Monk, did a couple, uh, one episode of Monk. TV show with commercials. A uh, bunch of Deadwood, which didn't have commercials. Is that an HBO show? It was HBO. So they don't run commercials in the in their shows. No, not HBO. Okay. Uh, Taken. That's got it. 24? That's got commercials. Okay. This guy's full of shit. So I think he's,
0: yeah, like, I think he's full of shit. I think he just doesn't want to do this show, and he's saying, I don't like commercials. Uh, It's weird.
1: Oh, they film in the summer down
0: south. I can't do that. It's too hot. Too hot. Maybe he he had smaller roles in all those shows, right?
1: Not Deadwood, but that didn't have commercials. Lost, it was three episodes. How many? 24? 24? Uh twenty-four two episodes it looks like. Okay, so maybe he can get on
0: board when it's like one or two episodes. The governor is a main role and you'd think would be around for some time. Right. Maybe that's his problem with it. I don't know. Seems Mm. weird. Uh, it's too bad because I think he would have been good in the role, but David Morrissey sounds like he'll be great too. Mm -hmm. And uh he doesn't mind Hawking products for people.
1: Okay. I'd be in a show if it had commercials. You would? Well, an audio-only uh, audio show. I don't like doing TV.
0: Uh, sure. Okay, good plan.
1: <laughs> we, we won't
0: start a uh, video podcast then.
1: Uh, deal, because I wouldn't do it. All
0: right. So, do you remember the Walking Dead novel, The Rise of the Governor? I sure do. The second novel title and release date has been announced. Oh, awesome. It's exciting. Uh, this I got from The Hollywood Reporter. The title is The Walking Dead, colon, The Road to Woodbury. Okay. Now, before we comment on that, the release date is October 16th, and Kirkman had this to say, it's going to be a direct sequel to Rise of the Governor. We're going to meet new characters as they come to Woodbury and see how Woodbury is founded and how the governor continues to grow as a character. It all takes place before we meet the governor in the comic book series, and there's a lot more story to tell with that guy. We'll also look at others. Lily is going to be another focus. Uh, I think she was the doctor in, uh, in the comic in Woodbury. It's going to be fun to explore these characters again. So,
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I,
0: I'm, I'm a little confused by this. Because I like it's
1: a strategic <clears throat> placement of the phrase, that guy, because they can't actually name the character, right? Because that would be a spoiler?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. So they
1: have to be, uh, they have to say that guy.
0: <laughs> There's a lot more story to tell with that guy. <laughs> okay, so the first book was called Rise of the Governor. right. The second book is called The Road to Woodbury. Right. Does that not seem counterintuitive to you? I think the first book should have been called The Road to Woodbury because they were on the road. They got there. And the second book is Rise of the Governor when he actually becomes the leader of Woodbury.
1: Maybe they'll swap the titles after they're both printed. Oh, yeah, by the way, we meant to just reverse those. That's fine. But, like, what... (laughs) No, you're right. You're absolutely right. This is, uh, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It can't be a mistake. I mean, and really, just the rise of the governor doesn't make any sense all on its own. Because he, you know, he didn't rise to the governor, did he? That's why I felt a little let down, I think, in the end, because he was never the governor. It was uh, his uh, slice of life until he decided to, uh, you know, be the bad guy.
0: Yeah. Well, and like. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i even have you a couple, okay you're yeah, right I'm, no i'm fine i'm not <laughs> having a stroke take a minute
1: there i, I just it's take a deep breath it makes fine. no
0: sense one of the problems with the first book was as you said he we didn't find out he didn't become the governor he just became he just got to the town where he eventually leads it and now we have a book called the road to woodbury right which doesn't he already in woodbury yeah they end the first book ends in woodbury
1: well maybe he goes for a walk
0: Does he leave and come back? The road
1: to and from Woodbury or from and then to. Oh,
0: I don't know. I don't know. The other thing I am surprised about is that... I thought that this novel trilogy, each book would focus on a different character. So I thought, you know, Rise of the Governor would be the governor's story, and it just happens that they ended it sort of when he arrives at Woodbury, and that's that. The next story might be, you know, the Rise of Michonne or whatever, (laughs) and then we might get a story about some other characters or maybe something different. But it appears that we're getting a trilogy about the governor. Right. And that's fine. It's just, I don't understand the sequence of these books, that's all. Or at least the titling of the sequence. Well, yeah. I don't know. But it comes out on October 16, and we will read it and report on it again, probably over next Christmas
1: holiday sometime. Sweet. I'm going to read this one. Are you? I'm not going to listen to it. Especially because they tend to, in series, get the same readers as as the previous book, Mm -hmm. just so there's a a level of consistency. And uh, I definitely don't want that consistency. Well, I'll listen to it again. Because uh, I don't know, someone should. Because
0: <laughs> why not? Why not really? Um, so that is October sixteenth. We will check that out when it comes out. The Walking Dead compendium, you know that hard uh, mm-hmm. soft cover forty-eight issue, it's like the size of a phone book, right. that, that you can get. Well, that was released in hardcover. For Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle a few weeks ago. Right. It was gold embossed Oof. with a new cover illustration by Charlie Adlard. At the Emerald City Comic Con, there were only 100 copies available for Ooh. $100 each. Ah. And apparently there will be more, like a full run of these ready in time for San Diego Comic Con. Right. But I bring it up because I want one so bad.
1: Well, which one? The gold embossed one for 100 bucks? Yeah.
0: absolutely it's
1: like a beautiful
0: hardcover gold embossed new artwork and it just all the pictures i saw of it looked fantastic Mm -hmm. but as far as i know it will only be available you know from here on at san diego comic-con and if you got one at emerald city uh i envy you because it looks amazing
1: I'd be able to buy one at ebay
0: i looked there are some there for hundreds of dollars which how many hundreds i'm not quite ready to shell out you know, hundreds of dollars for, for one yet, but.
1: Dead compendium. If,
0: if anyone is attending San Diego Comic Con and wanted to pick me up one, boy, would I ever be appreciative. I'm just saying.
1: Here's one for 152 dollars. There's 14 minutes left. Should I bid?
0: <laughs> sure. Bid 153 dollars. Really? Are you sure that's the right thing?
1: No. <laughs>
0: okay. So Ooh, maybe it's don't. Signed. Bid. No, it can't be 150 bucks signed. I was looking; I saw signed ones on there for like 450.
1: I don't know who signed it though. That's a problem.
0: Well, that is a bit of a problem. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it's it's a pretty cool collector's item, and if you got one, that is very exciting. And if you want one, head down to San Diego Comic Con if you can get in, because uh, it looks like there'll be some there. Mm-hmm. The Walking Dead video game, it is right around the corner. And I actually mean that because it's releasing tomorrow for PC, Mac, and PlayStation 3. Okay. I don't know why it's not releasing for Xbox 360 tomorrow. And I'm a little concerned about that because that's the platform I would like to play it on. Hmm. Uh, you know, I could buy it for my Mac, but I'm not much of a Mac gamer. I prefer the Xbox for some reason. Well, yeah. It's a, it's a game machine, and I, like the, I just like sitting in front of the TV instead of the computer.
1: Uh, I'm kind of both. I like sitting in front of the computer. I even hook my Xbox up to the uh, computer monitor sometimes. Yeah,
0: I, I could do that, but it's a bit of a pain in the ass, so I'd rather just get it on an Xbox. But if you are a lucky person with a PS3, you can get it there. You can buy the first episode for $4.99, or you can order the entire series for 20 bucks, which is pretty good, and what I'll be doing if it ever comes out on the Xbox. Right. The official word is that it's coming soon for the 360, and actually for iOS, which is exciting.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
0: so if you have an iPad, you could probably play it on there. Nice. And not only that, but they released the episode titles. There are five of them, Mm -hmm. as Telltale does. They release games episodically. The first one is called A New Day. The second one is Starved for Help. Episode three is Long Road Ahead. Number four is Around Every Corner. And number five is called No Time Left. Hmm. So they're sticking with the Walking Dead three-word title, right? Uh, naming scheme.
1: Yeah, and building anticipation. Building anticipation. You know? well, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of like uh, around every corner. Yes. Oh my god, the long road ahead. Oh my god.
0: Well, a new day. They, you know, he wakes up and it's a new day. Um, oh my god. I'm, I'm, the storyline is he's on. A, he he breaks out from. He's a prisoner, right? And he breaks yeah. out from a prisoner transport. So it's a new day. He's going to start his life over again. And then starved for help. I guess he needs help in the zombie apocalypse and he doesn't have enough. Right. Long road ahead. He realizes he's got a long journey to go on. Around every corner, there's a zombie waiting. Yeah. And no time left. Well, maybe he's dead. (laughs) <laughs>
1: that's it. Game over. You're done. So uh, a new day, you're thinking, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the general usage of that term where it's a new day. Look forward to this. It, it'll be better today than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. But in the zombie apocalypse, a new day doesn't mean that necessarily. It just that's means, true. uh crap, it's another day. Yeah. The the, war, the
0: sun is still rising. That's, yeah, that's it. Could be. I don't know. We'll We'll have to play it and find out. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to play this game, but I'm... I'm going to wait for the Xbox version and hopefully it doesn't take months or something crazy like that. Yeah. Because I really want to play it now. Telltale, come on. Or tomorrow, even. Or tomorrow. Maybe they'll surprise us and they'll come out tomorrow? like Friday or
1: something. Usually games come out on Tuesdays.
0: Yeah, I believe this is a Wednesday. That's I don't a, know. Well,
1: it is a comic book video game. Which come comic books come out on Wednesdays. Yeah. That's right. So, I don't know and on a wah. anyway <laughs> what you said <laughs> <laughs> whatever that word is
0: all right our last item in the news today is kind of well not really um walking dead related but it is just that robert kirkman's new comic thief of thieves is being adapted for tv by amc cool so robert kirkman has a lot of stuff going on a lot of irons in the fires yeah, exactly. A lot and of thumbs and a lot of pies. <laughs> he sure does. I know I'll be watching it. Oh, yeah. You know, because I love most AMC shows are great, and I love Robert Kirkman. Mm-hmm. He had this to say, AMC recognizes the limitless ideas generated by the comic industry. <laughs> Their dedication <laughs> to bringing The Walking Dead to life as a TV show has been key to its success, and I'm excited about the potential of Thief of Thieves to reach similar levels of success. That's good. So as soon as this was announced, I ran out and bought the first three issues. Sweet. And I read them. Good. Uh, well, I've read the first one. I haven't read number two and three yet, but I liked it, and uh, I'm happy to be in on the ground floor for a new Robert Kirkman book. That'd be good. And uh, we'll see. Who knows when the TV show will come around? We will. We'll watch it then too. Yep. Thief of Thieves. All right, coming up after a short break, we have some listener feedback and a couple of people called in with some more holy crap-did-you-see-that moments. We will get to that and an announcement of the resumption of the Walking Dead Actor Spotlight series we do during the off-season here, so stick around for that. We will be right back. I have to thank our sponsor, Audible, this week. For you, the listeners of The Talking Dead, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Jason, I don't suppose you have a recommendation for us
1: this week? Well, I just finished. Since, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, from the last podcast that, uh, that we did until this one, I actually listened to a whole book and... Uh, what the heck was it called it was Stephen King 112263 is that the new one that's the uh, that's the new one or uh, the guy goes back in time to try and prevent uh, John F Kennedy's assassination okay and uh, yeah I'm gonna go ahead and rec- recommend that very good
0: uh, did you enjoy it
1: I enjoyed the beginning and I enjoyed the end the middle part was kind of uh, but overall
0: is it pretty good but it's still Stephen King and he's he's a quality writer
1: yeah I mean sometimes he gets kind of bogged down in minutia. Like, the guy goes back in time, and what does he do? He starts teaching, and he starts talking, and then the whole, there's whole chapters on, you know, putting on a play at this school. It's like, who cares? <laughs> you know what?
0: This makes sense to me, because if you're going to go back in time, you don't want to call attention to yourself. Well, no,
1: but that's the that's the point. But do you have to, like, dwell on this stuff, or can you just kind of gloss over it?
0: Uh, no, I think that is that is the point. You don't want to call attention to yourself. You, you may have a purpose or a goal for being back in time. Yeah. But you, uh, you know, you're there and you don't want people to know you're from the future. But so you just become a teacher, sort of keep keep a low profile, keep your head to the ground, do your job and slowly execute your time traveler plan.
1: Right. Well, that's what he did, but it's just, I found it boring. Oh. You know, right. in parts, you know, Stephen King generally I like, uh, but uh, apparently he <laughs> still can get to that point where it's just like, oh. All right. <laughs> well, way to recommend a boring book. <laughs> Sorry, the beginning. The beginning was awesome. I love the beginning. Every second of the first like four hours of the thing was outstanding. Because that's when he gets in the DeLorean and and
0: and drives around a
1: bit. That's when he goes back in time. Uh-huh. I won't spoil it on how. And then at the end, you know, the you know the climax of the book actually was also very very good. But okay. it's just that that you know, and maybe that was the point, you know, you're back in time, you got to you got five years to kind of hunker down and, uh, you know, keep your head down until I, you know, you act. So what do you do? You become a boring teacher. (laughs) And how do you portray that in a book?
0: You're right about it. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, if you want to check this out or any other Stephen King book or any one of the hundred thousand titles that Audible has, uh, to offer, you can head over to audibletrial.com/talkingdead. That is audibletrial.com/talkingdead for your free audiobook. Holy crap! Did you see that? All right, we've got a couple of holy crap! Did you see that's here uh, from listeners? Two calls and one email. We'll start with the email. Brian from Iowa uh, wrote in, and uh, he we had a few people send this one in. And since it was popular, I wanted to uh, give it one more shout out. In 18 Miles Out, when Rick was buried under the second zombie and the third one piled on, he tried to get the gun out of the head of the second zombie to shoot the third one and couldn't do it. He then shoots the third one in the head through the head of the second zombie. From the camera (laughs) Mm -hmm. angle, you can see the barrel of Rick's pistol in the back of the second zombie's head. Nice. I don't recall right now if I specifically read that one in a past show, but I believe I might have. Um, but as I said, so many people wrote in and so many people thought that was awesome. I thought I would give it another shout out. It's
1: awesome even the second time around.
0: It really is. It, it was extremely awesome. And a lot was happening in that scene. I believe I chose the fact that the zombie was batting the gun away uh, sort of to, you know protect himself a little bit right
1: and we talked briefly about the fact that maybe in uh, while he was alive he was uh, a master in the same martial arts that steven seagal is (laughs) clearly right because he just you know you just bat that thing away yeah
0: exactly all right Uh, regular listener carl from birmingham wrote in uh sorry called in with this message
2: yeah, hi guys, it's uh, Carl in Birmingham, I'm just calling in a quick, uh, holy crap, did you see that uh, section from the uh, finale? Um, I'll try to keep it really brief this one, because I know my last few messages have been very long. So, um, yeah, basically, it was quite quick, and it's right at the start of the episode. Um, Carl, as he's walking away uh, with Rick, just before the zombie whore, they spot the zombies, um, he says something, I swear to God, he said the reason he came out was because he heard a gunshot. And my wife and I both looked at each other and went, ah, what gunshots?" And I'm hoping that maybe you guys can actually uh, yeah, clear this one up for me. Did we mishear this? Were, were we just completely wrong? Did a gun go off when Rick stabbed Shane? Uh, I couldn't go back because I deleted the episode to check. So uh, can you just try to clear that one up? Because uh, at that point, we were like, ah, is this just a mistake from the writers? Uh, I really just don't think they're making mistake on something like that. Um, but that was my holy early- crap. Did you see that? Uh, apart from that, Absolutely awesome
0: finale. Um Okay, guys, I'll see you soon. Bye bye. Okay, so I did go back and check. All good. And I'm sad to say that uh, there was no mistake. And Carl, you're completely off base. <laughs> what happened is there was a gunshot when Rick went to stab Shane. Shane's gun went off. Right. Yes. And that's, that's what, what attracted the zombies. Zombie horde. Yeah. So it was. It was a pl- key plot development because that's what attracted the zombies. Carl then shows up, he does not say anything at the end of that episode about hearing a gunshot, but at the beginning of the next episode, when they're walking back towards the farm before they notice the zombie horde behind them, uh, he does say, I heard a gunshot. Oh, okay. So Carl did hear the shot, and that's why he came running, or got there. Right. And since we know from earlier, uh, in that interview with TV Guide, Kirkman said that we don't really peg down how long Rick was there, it's conceivable that the gunshot happened. The zombies were coming slowly, maybe not as close as we thought they were, and therefore explains why they weren't in that forest the whole time while they were searching the forest for right. Randall. And it also gives Carl time to get from the house. So it's all coming together a little
1: bit. And it gives Shane enough time
0: to come around. Exactly. He didn't just come around, you know, two minutes later, and Carl didn't teleport from the barn to the field. Right. It all happened a little bit slower. And in fact, there was a commercial break in between the stabbing and the gunshot and when everything else happened too. So that commercial break represented more time than we think.
1: Three three or four days, really.
0: Three or four days in, in the in the timeline of this show. So right. there you go. It's all laid out on the table and I think I understand it now. <clears throat> Andrew from California called in with this.
1: Chris and Jason, hey, this is Andrew in Southern California. I actually work at uh, one of the crop houses that supplies and weapons to the show and it takes me about two hours to get to work and I just want to say enjoy your podcast and it uh, helps me get through that drive. Anyway,
2: I just want to talk real quick. You guys constantly use the term herd
1: when talking about a group of zombies and I've always enjoyed the word horde. I think it sounds a little more monster-like and a little less animal. Uh, and real quick, my
2: uh holy crap did you see that moment for season two was uh i know it's pretty
0: cold out in georgia when they were shooting and you never see the zombies breath i thought that was pretty impressive it helps you escape from knowing that you're watching a television show and,
1: and it really makes it more believable so uh keep up the good work and i appreciate it
0: thanks uh so you don't see the zombies breath my question is do they
1: breathe Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I think they do breathe, but I don't think they need to breathe, because they do moan and scream and yell and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? And to
0: do that, you have to pass air through your your uh, chest Voice. and your throat. Voice box. Voice box.
1: <clears throat> uh, do they breathe?
0: I seem to recall when Amy reanimated, she kind of came to with a big, <gasps> like right. that, like a big in- inhale, and um, so... Even though these are zombies and they're technically dead, I think they actually breathe.
1: I think they breathe too.
0: Now, uh, what Andrew was referring to is the fact that it's cold, it's nighttime, you can see your breath in real life as these extras are running around on the show, but they digitally removed it all so you couldn't see it.
1: That's cool. Yeah,
0: which means that in the context of the show, I guess the zombies don't breathe, yet they might. So, I don't know. It was, uh, it's an interesting sort of thing to ponder, I guess. It is. All right, thanks for sending those in, everybody. If you want to send in a Holy Crap Did You See That moment, uh, give us an email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Listener feedback. All right, we have some listener feedback before we announce our Walking Dead actor spotlight. Uh, Last time on the show, we spoke about the difficulty in finding a katana. Right. And uh, Apocalyptics, no, Apocalyptus Rex wrote in on our Facebook page uh, about that. He said, it's not that difficult to find a quality katana here in the United States. Oh. In addition to high-performance factory swords made by cold steel, uh, swords could be easily looted from museums. There are probably more antique Japanese swords in the U.S. than there are in Japan. At the conclusion of that unpleasantness in the 1940s, Japan surrendered all of its weapons to U.S. forces. Many soldiers and sailors brought home handmade katanas as war souvenirs. Wow. So I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I don't think that applies up in Canada where we are, but maybe it's not that hard to come by a Japanese sword in the States. Swords are legal in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, but I still wouldn't know where to get one. I could walk around with it if I had it. Well, I mean, you can buy
1: replicas at any comic book shop and you can walk into an army surplus store and they probably have something. Mm -hmm. I don't know how real or how good quality they are. They might be just, you know, stainless steel swords. There's still a sword though, and they would do some damage. Yeah, they would once until they break and or get stuck inside someone.
0: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, According to Rex, it's not as hard as we think to to come across one. Uh, We were saying that like, I have no idea where to get a sword. No. So, I, I, and, or at least a usable
1: sword. Army Surplus would be the first place I'd look. And yeah. Comic Book Shop <laughs> would be the second. <laughs> Get myself a replica of, uh, I don't know, uh, what's his name? Gandalf's sword. That'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Doesn't he have a big staff? He yeah, he's a sword too. Okay. All right. Uh, another thing we talked about last podcast was my theory about the uh, cold open of the pilot being the end of the show instead of right. during Rick's journey to Atlanta.
1: And I didn't agree with that whatsoever?
0: No, you didn't agree with that. And we had some people write in who also didn't agree, but some people who did. Really? So there you go. Um, Thomas from Norway writes in with a bunch of reasons uh, why why this is not at the end of the series. And he says, I chose four of them. He says he is driving his patrol car, the same car as he gets into at his old police station. You get a glimpse of the license plate when Rick parks the car to finish off Bicycle Girl and the number on the side of the car, which is 134. You see that number, 134, on the side of the car in the cold open of the pilot. It is very unlikely that Rick gets a hold of the exact same car in the future, having left it in the middle of Highway 85 on his way to Atlanta. He also says he is wearing his hat, which he later gives to Carl. (laughs) 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 He says he seems surprised and bummed out when he sees the sign reading no gas. Later, he would probably be well aware that gas is hard to come by. And finally, he thinks the little girl could be okay. Having seen hundreds upon hundreds of walkers, he probably wouldn't react like that. Right. All good points. All good points. But None of them, um, without question, dictate that this is at the beginning and not the end.
1: Yeah, you're holding on to something that's just not there, pal.
0: Emma from Ireland wrote in, our first listener from Ireland to write in, I believe. Excellent. Uh, now, this her her uh, her statement here has some minor spoilers for the comics, so please be aware of that. She says, Hi, just after listening to episode 76 of the podcast, I found the discussion about the first scene of the pilot being, in reality, the last season of, scene of the show very interesting. I know that many holes were poked in the theory regarding Rick's uniform, i.e., where in the, the hell would he get it from? Well, I'm sorry slash glad to inform you that in the comics, Rick returns to Herschel's farm after they leave the prison, so he could have plenty of time to retrieve his uniform. In fact, The cover of issue 70 is a full-color illustration of Rick in his uniform, so you really can't rule anything out. Sure, his uniform would be kind of crumpled after spending so long in Herschel's drawer, but there's bound to be a zombie apocalypse version of a dry cleaner somewhere. How else would Daryl keep his kick-ass angel wing denim looking so fresh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, you can also still uh, find, especially at an old farm like Herschel's place, you can find one of those, uh, you know, solid iron... Irons. Mm-hmm. Where you can just put it in a fire to warm it up, and you just you, you know clean it right up. You spit on your uniform, and then uh, run over it with the iron, and away you go.
0: You're good. See, so that's completely plausible. Steve from the internet also wrote in, and he also has spoilers for the comic here, so please be warned. Steve says, "I was listening to your most recent podcast, and you brought up the theory that the very first scene was the pilot was in the f- uh, in the pilot was in the future. Well, this may sound far fetched." But if this was true, and they were going to wrap up the series with this being the end, then um, they would want to end it in a big way. So given that they have already deviated from the comic, it could be that this happens a few years down the line from the initial apocalypse, and the girl is Lori's baby Judith. I know this is very unlikely, I just wanted to hear (laughs) your thought on it. (laughs) So that's baby Judith walking around the gas station, and Rick comes across her and shoots her in the face. Series over.
1: That's terribly unfortunate for baby Judith.
0: (laughs) And probably not true. But hey, I'm just saying that some people are on board with me. (laughs) One or two anyways. Yep. Uh, Okay. Email. Lori from the internet wrote in, you guys talked about T-Dog wielding a hammer and whether or not it would be adequate in comparison to a scythe. Why not throw that question out to listeners? What implements would be the best zombie busters and why? For myself, I'd like to lure the dead into an empty swimming pool and then set them on fire.
1: Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> the fire would be contained, and the steps could be blocked off, blown up, or jackhammered out to prevent them escaping. Of course, someone would have to be bait, but maybe plasma would do. Uh, I think the jackhammering of the stairs would probably attract a fair number of zombies. It sure would. Um, and that is got to be... Well, it's unique to me. Swimming pool, lure them into a swimming pool, light them on fire. That's a unique zombie kill method to me anyways. So um, if you have any good zombie kill methods, send them in to us and we'll we'll read them on the show. For me personally, I would say lightsaber would be all right. Oh, yeah. That that would do some damage. Chainsaws on a motorcycle. Shotgun with unlimited ammo. (laughs) We've seen that. Yeah, we have seen that already and it worked pretty well. (laughs) Yeah. Although not... That, not that great. Chainsaws on a motorcycle. Might be hard to drive.
1: Not if you balance them out, one on each side. I suppose.
0: But but the problem is then you you slice the zombies and that's going to cause some resistance and I think it would still be hard to drive.
1: Chainsaws on a tank?
0: Well, you, you don't really need the chainsaws <laughs> on there, do you? It <laughs> uh, couldn't hurt. I guess not. Well, every, okay, so if anyone has any good theories, not theories, good ideas on how to kill zombies, send them in, we'll start a... Uh, I don't know. We'll start a list.
1: Thermonuclear device. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Probably take yourself out at the same time. No, no.
1: Time delay.
0: Oh, okay. Plant it <laughs> here.
1: Run away. <laughs> yeah. Turn up a stereo. <laughs> press the go button. Uh-huh. And get your ham and cheese out of town. Why not? Scott from Victoria,
0: BC wrote in about Shane's Jeep and the Gerber knives. He says The reason why I feel Shane got rid of his Jeep is that like in any combat, you want protection from the enemy and an open top Jeep with no doors is just asking for trouble.
1: Yeah. Motorcycle's fine though. Motorcycle's fine. Really loud motorcycle. No problem. No problem at all. What do they call those handlebars again? Oh. Something rack? uh, Lisa. Yeah. When she was
0: on a few weeks ago, had a word for them. I can't remember now. I forget. Anyways, uh, it's a good point by Scott that you don't want an open Jeep like that. But That's yeah, probably true. Motorcycle is just as bad.
1: So what do you want, the mobile?
0: <sighs> yeah, bulletproof glass, goes at two miles an hour. <laughs> Away you go. <laughs> Away you go. You'll get surrounded, you'll get stuck, and then you'll run out of air or something. Yeah,
1: and then you're in a fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: Uh, Noah from Kentucky wrote in, he says, I only have one question. What happened to Hustler?" You mentioned him a lot before the mid-season premiere when he appeared on IMDb. While watching the second half of season two, I was always expecting him to show up, which he never did. Uh, well, When he never did, I became very curious. Does this mean he might show up in season three, perhaps? He was one of the guys, right? <clears throat> Maybe he was the guy driving the truck. That's what I was going to say. Maybe he was the dude driving the truck who left Randall on the fence. Yeah. Or he was one of the guys who was outside the bar uh, looking for Dave and Tony.
1: Yeah, maybe he's called hustler because he had to hustle the hell out of there when uh, you know it was time to go.
0: I don't know. Uh, he was played by apparently by Andre Batichko. Yep. And you know, we did find way back. We did find that uh, post on Andre's site in Russian right. about his involvement in the show and how he would be just a quick, um, quick scene and then get killed. So I don't know. I mean. Maybe he was the guy who Herschel shot at the back of the bar and then got eaten by zombies. He's got his uh, face eaten off. Yeah. Maybe that was Hustler. That could be. I don't know. I it's hard, it's hard to say. So we don't really know if he was even there or not, or if the IMDb was just making stuff up. We'll or
1: Andre Petitchko Was Maybe. making stuff up?
0: Yeah. Maybe. I don't think he will be back in season three, though, so... Sorry to say it, Noah. He's either, He was either there and we didn't know it, or he's just not coming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Finally, Andrew in Pennsylvania writes, I have a theory about the dead people in cars and not changing into zombies from the uh, highway. Assuming this was an airborne thing, and now that we know for sure everyone is infected, I think that the reason the people in cars didn't turn is because they died before they inhaled the airborne toxin. With all the insanity that must have been going on, I think that some of these people... Uh, must have died in car crashes and it was pretty early on when they, when they, and they had yet to breathe in the toxin and didn't turn as they weren't infected at that time. Right. Does that make sense? I mean, if the zombie outbreak has already happened, would it be possible that some people aren't quite infected yet? Yes.
1: Yeah, at the beginning that, uh, that makes sense.
0: And once you're dead, you're dead. You can't contract a virus at that time. Yep. So you don't turn into a zombie.
1: I, uh, I now accept that Explanation, and I've uh, rewritten uh, my understanding of the show to include it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I sit, uh, you know, it's closed. It's a closed uh, situation. What is that? I think Kirkman said
0: at one point that those people must have died and experienced brain trauma of some kind and therefore did not return as zombies. I, I like Andrew's ex- explanation better, to be honest too. with you. Because they clearly didn't experience that much brain trauma. They were just sitting in their cars and you know, that was that.
1: I think uh, Robert Kirkman should uh, read that statement and then retract his own.
0: Agreed. Kirkman, if you're listening, give Andrews from Pennsylvania some props. Yep. Cool. That is it for listener feedback, everybody. Next time on The Talking Dead. So we're going to bring back The Walking Dead actor spotlight. Aren't you excited? Yay! Hooray. We got an email from Stephen in Sheffield, and he writes... I am a new listener in the UK who has now just about caught up with all your shows. On the chance that you guys get round to doing an actor profile show on David Morrissey, Then, may I recommend his performance in Stoned? He plays a corrupt manager of the Rolling Stones in the last days of Brian Jones's life. Very good film. He plays a very cold, scary governor-style character, but with a ridiculous Michael Caine accent. And hey, (laughs) it's the 60s London for you.
1: Well, how can you go wrong with that? So
0: we are indeed going to profile David Morrissey. This is the first time we've done an actor who hasn't appeared on the show yet which is kind of exciting for well,
1: me. you know, if we're going to do that, we could do any actor. We, we, Just assuming that they're going to appear on the show, of course.
0: Someday. So
1: why not John Goodman? Oh, well, of course. <laughs> and Ed O'Neill. Even better. Even better. <laughs> if we could get them together in the same movie, that'd be awesome. Look, maybe they
0: have been. I don't know. That'd be crazy. Um, so I'll tell you what we're going to watch in a minute, but Stephen finished his email with this. He says, P.S. In season three... This group's in such trouble, I feel bad for them, son. They got 99 problems, but a lich ain't one
1: <laughs> oh, A rhyming slam.
0: A, a rhyming burn. <laughs> if you would like to burn Jason in rhyme format, please, please, I highly recommend we, you do.
1: We will read it on the air.
0: Absolutely. I think that would be hilarious.
1: Haiku-larious.
0: No, don't do haikus. That's contractually owned by somebody else, what? but rhyming slang, oh, okay. yeah. rhyming burns is fine. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I like it. I like it.
1: I'm printing it on a t-shirt.
0: All right. David Morrissey. We are going to take uh, Stephen's suggestion and watch Stoned cool. from 2005. I didn't run these by you before the show. So no, I hope this is all exciting stuff. I, I hope you're okay with this. We're going to watch The Reaping from 2007. Okay. Which stars him and... Oh, I forget now.
1: Well, let's hope uh, have our You look that or? up
0: while I read the next two. We're also going to watch Red Riding in the year of Our Lord, 1974. That is the first movie Oof. in the Red Riding trilogy, the British trilogy. Have we
1: confirmed uh, the ability to watch these? I have confirmed oh, the
0: availability of everything Good here. man, good man. Yes. And finally, we are going to watch episode one of a TV program, a British program called Blackpool, which is, I think, from the mid-90s. Or maybe mid two thousand. Was the
1: show I was looking up there?
0: Uh, you're looking up the Reaping from two thousand and seven. It's a movie, and it stars. Well, all the way
1: down here, this guy's been prolific in the last few years. Yeah,
0: he's been doing lots.
1: Doug. He, he plays Doug. In what the Reaping? In, in the Reaping. Okay. Who's also, Hillary Swank?
0: Hillary Swank. That's
1: who it is. My wife won't watch this. Well, you have she to. I'm afraid she hates Hillary Swank. <laughs> you have no choice. I have no problem with her. All right, good. <laughs> so this is not an issue. <laughs> good.
0: So, this, so, Stone from 2005, The Reaping, 2007, Red Riding in the Year of Our Lord, 1974, that's the first movie in the Red Riding trilogy, and Blackpool episode number one. I think there only ever were six episodes of Blackpool, so we're going to watch the first one.
1: And we're not going to watch Doctor
0: Who at all. Well, he was only in the one episode of Doctor Who, right? And I yeah. think I've seen that one. Can I watch it? If you want to, yeah. sure. All right. Do you want to add that to the list?
1: Well, no, not, you know, directly, but... Uh... By
0: by all means, watch The Doctor Who. All right. Um, So I, you know, if you want to, you know, follow along with our little David Morrissey Film Festival here, seek out these movies. Many of them are available on iTunes, possibly Netflix, uh, especially in the States. And um, watch along with us. And if you have any comments about David Morrissey's past work, by all means, send it in. And we will read it on the show when we talk about about David Morrissey, Mm -hmm. when we spotlight him. Uh, and I should say we will be doing that in two weeks when we record the next podcast. So you have 14 full days to watch four movies, three movies and a TV show. That's, uh, that shouldn't be too bad. What's it
1: May 8th or May 7th?
0: Is that what day that is?
1: Yeah, May 7th. Two weeks. Less a day. So 13 days. Tuesday.
0: Oh yeah, it's Tuesday. That's right. So two weeks, less a day. Um, and it should be fun. After that, we will announce who the next walking dead's actor spotlight will be excellent we don't have too many choices because we've done most of the principal cast but right. uh, you can probably guess who's who's on the list well we so. just like i
1: said we can make certain assumptions about who we think <laughs> is going to be on the show and then we watch some stuff and watch some stuff why not we could watch the the new spider-man movie that's coming out in the summer and uh, as an actor spotlight we're
0: gonna be well i'm gonna be doing that yeah we're gonna watch the avengers oh yeah there
1: you go we're gonna watch prometheus sweet it's all good. Uh, We're assuming that the alien is going to be on the show, right? Naturally. Aliens show up at some point. Yeah. Might as well be Geiger aliens.
0: <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So follow along, David Morrissey, with us. And uh, yeah, it'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. That is going to wrap up this uh, ooh, this episode of The Talking Dead. If you want to give us a call and talk about anything we, you know, make comments on anything we talked about today, you can do so at one 866 483 Z-O-M-B, that's 9662. It's a toll-free voicemail line. Can't hurt you to give it a call. No toll. Program it into your phones. Then when you're walking around and suddenly a thought comes to you or you see a zombie or something happens, dial that number, call us up and say, hey guys, I just thought of something. Yeah, that'd be fun. Let us know. Uh, or email us at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. That works too. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. We had such fantastic Facebook activity during season two. It's kind of petered off a little bit now, which, yeah, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, people have moved on. They're starting their summers. Everything's fine. They're not spending all days indoors on the Facebook anymore. Uh, but hey, we're still there. Head on over and uh, we can keep that, keep that going a little bit. So uh, I think that is going to do it. Thanks for listening, everybody. For The Talking Dead, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
1: Bye.